The following program is brought to you by Speak the Word Ministries. You may have given up hope. You might even think it's hopeless. God says it's not hopeless. He says all things are possible with Him. Him that believes, all things are possible. You have to believe. Speak the Word. Welcome to Speak the Word with author, Bible teacher, and evangelist, Pastor Joanne Ramsey. Speak the Word Ministries is called to train up God's children to be soldiers of Jesus Christ. Speak the Word. Speak the Word. God's Word. Speak, speak, speak God's Word. We invite you to visit us online at speakthewordministry.net. That's speakthewordministry.net. And now, here's Pastor Joe with a message titled, Sending You Out Like Sheep Among Wolves. Speak the Word. I realize that we are living in a world that is filled with evil and is filled with challenges. A world that feels like that has been turned completely upside down. Would you agree with me on that? It seems like in the last year and a half or two years that we're living in a world that we don't even recognize anymore. It feels like it's just been totally just completely turned upside down. And we also we have an adversary that's trying to kill us, trying to take us out, and he doesn't care how he does it. But you know, according to Matthew 10, 16, the Lord warns us of the dangers ahead. In Matthew 10, 16, he says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. So be as cunning as snakes, but as innocent as doves. I'd like to read this same verse to you coming from the message translation. It says, stay alert. This is hazardous work that I'm assigning you. He says, you're going to be like sheep running through a wolf pack. He says, so don't call attention to yourselves. He said, be as cunning as a snake and as inoffensive as a dove. And one translation uses the word wise as serpents and innocent as doves. You know, brothers and sisters, the world that we live in today can be and is a very frightening place. It seems like just as we have gotten a handle on one of the battles, we're faced with another battle. However, the Lord has reminded me of his word in, in Hebrews 10, 37 through 38, 39 in voice translation. It says, as the prophet Habakkuk said, in a little while, only a little longer, the one who's coming will come without delay. Hallelujah. They give Lord the praise and glory because we know that's true. Verse 38 says, but my righteous one must live by faith. For if he gives up his commitment, my soul, he says, will have no pleasure in him. You know, the Strong's Concordance puts it this way. But my righteous one shall live by faith, but if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. You know, we are going, and like I said, we're going to be facing some challenges. We've already been facing some challenges. We're going to be facing some more challenges. And I know when I was invited to go down to North Carolina to minister last weekend, I prayed on this and, and I thought about it because the rate on the COVID virus is much greater in North Carolina than it is here. It's one of the states that it's, it's running kind of high. But then when I thought about it, the Lord brought this verse back to me in Matthew 10, 16, where he says that, you know, that we must live by faith. And if we shrink back, his, he'll have no pleasure. His soul will have no pleasure in us. So he's saying to us today that, yes, there's things going on, but there's no need to fear. Because God is with us. God is always with us. Even though you may think at times that he's not, he's, he's far off, but he's not. He's always nearby. That's right. And so, I, I, and another thing, you know, like I said, I was concerned about um, David, and I'll get into that later. 
I really believe more and more as the Lord Jesus delays, as he tarries, that we're going to face more challenges in walking with our Lord. I really believe that is why he's given me this message, sending you out like sheep among wolves. Because sometimes, because of what it feels like, it feels like danger is lurking everywhere around every corner. And I, I do not minimize, I want you to know that I do not minimize this coronavirus by no means that the enemy has brought on us, and it was him that brought it on us. And I don't minimize any sickness for that matter. But we cannot allow it or anything else to keep us in the bondage of fear. We can't. In Job chapter 3, verse 25, in the New King James, it says, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. And the NIV says, What I was afraid of has come upon me. What I worried about, he says, is what has happened to me. Selah. I put a sailor there. All that means is just stop and think about that. The things that I, I've been worrying about, the things I've been fretting about, the things I've been anxious about, these are the things that are coming upon me. I really truly believe that if you'll get your mind on God, on Jesus, and get your mind off of this virus and off of this stuff that's going on the TV and the media, I honestly believe you will not get that virus. I believe you will not. I believe if you'll just get, get close to your father, your daddy, and you stay there. And keep your eyes looking up and not all around you, all the things that's going on in the natural. I really believe that you're going to be safe because God promised you. He has not gone back on his word. He promised that he would protect you. He promised you he would pull you out of the pit. He hasn't changed his mind. The Bible says in Hebrews, he's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. He changes not, brothers and sisters. He changes not. But fear... When you allow the fear to take over, it robs you of your peace. And fear can cause all kinds of anxiety and sicknesses and cause you to attract the very thing that you're the most fearful of. And we can't do that. In other words, all this worrying and fretting only serves to bring the thing you fear the most upon you. And please believe that. It's true. The Bible says it. I don't say it. God said that. Job said, the thing I feared the most is what came upon me. So these are not Joe's words. These are God's words. We have to keep in mind who we are and who we represent here on this earth. We need to see ourselves as the warriors that we are. We are ambassadors of the king and not to be someone that's afraid of their own shadow. In Isaiah 51, 12, in the New Living Translation, it says, Ah, yes, I am the one who comforts you. So why are you afraid of mere humans? who wither like the grass and disappear. We forget the Almighty God, who is on our side, who has all things and all people under His control. Brothers and sisters, the enemy is able to cause you to fear because you see God far off. Jeremiah 23, 23, 23 says, Am I a God nearby? Declares the Lord, Am I not a God far away? He said, I'm a God that's far away. I'm a God that's nearby. I'm everywhere. I'm here all the time. Praise God. We see God as far off while we see the devil, our adversary, with our eyes. And we can hear with our own ears his threatening words. You know, all this stuff, as I just mentioned before, all this stuff you hear on the news and the media every day that keeps you in constant fear. According to John 10, 4, it says, when he brought out all his own sheep, and he refers to us as a sheep. He says, he goes on ahead of them. 
His sheep follow him because they know his voice. We follow him. And NIV says in verse 5, says they will never follow a stranger. He said, in fact, they will run away from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. But we have been guilty, and I'm guilty too. We all are from time to time, maybe some more than others, but sometimes we are guilty of listening to that wrong voice. But Jesus says, my sheep know my voice, and they'll follow my voice, and they won't follow the voice of a stranger. And we need to focus on that. I pray that the words I speak today would turn your ears away from the enemy and back toward God because of his greatness and know that he loves you and that he will gather you to him like a hen gathers her chicks, according to Luke 13, 34. This is what he said. God is saying that he will help you if you'll let him. In Isaiah 41, 13, in NIV says, I am the Lord your God. He says, I take hold of your right hand. He says, I will help you. Hallelujah. He will help you. I'd like to share with you my testimony about David's miracle. But first, I'd like to give a few of the details leading up to the miracle. Most of you are aware that David's been experiencing a lot of different things over the last six months. Five or six months, it's uh, really been a battle. As a matter of fact, David has been living for the last six months up until the last two weeks with atrial fibrillation known as AFib since April. The enemy attacked him while we were preparing for our tent revival back in April. After several attempts to get David's heart back into rhythm, the doctors felt that they were left with only one choice, and that was to perform an ablation on him. It is a condition which causes an irregular and often rapid heartbeat and can lead to stroke and heart failure. It's also called arrhythmia, which is caused by changes to the heart's electrical impulses. And I'm telling you this tonight so that you'll have a better understanding of the situation. The day of the 17th, the day of the surgery, I took David uh, to the hospital, the heart hospital over in Norfolk, and he checked in there at 5.30 a.m. And we, we, I, so I took him in, like I said, we checked in there at 5.30 a.m. in the morning, so we sat there for about a half an hour, an hour waiting to be checked in again, and finally someone come, got, came and got him about 6 o'clock, and uh, I think his name was Joshua. He said, I like that, come think of it, Joshua. <laughs> Joshua. He comes and gets him, introduces himself, and says he's going to take him up to get him prepped for his surgery. And, uh, and uh, he took me with him to the second floor. And we both sat down in the room, and then within five minutes, I guess, he came and got David again and left me sitting there. And I think he said usually, I think this operation, they said, used to take about seven or eight hours. Now it takes about two hours. And so I don't know. I think he must have gone in about eight, somewhere around in there. I, I really lost track of time. But they took him in to surgery, and then about 11 o'clock, uh, somebody came and got me, and they, they took me into where David was, and, and David was in his room in there. And he was laying there kind of half in, half out. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I went over and talked to him. And about that time, the doctor came in, and uh, he didn't have a good look on his face at all. And he said that um, he wasn't pleased, you know, that they'd gone in and to do the heart surgery, but when they went in, they found things that they had not expected to find there that didn't show up, that they didn't know until after they got inside. But they worked on that, and he said, we, we worked hard. He said, we think we got it most, all of it. He, but his blood pressure dropped in the surgery, and it dropped in his heart rate, and it still was very low. And he said, um, and I want you to know, keep in mind the one thing that you do, you keep your mouth shut. You keep your mouth shut. Yeah. 
That's the point of the whole thing. So I'm standing there. It was just me and David. David laying there, and I'm sitting there. He's getting the word here and there. And the doctor's telling me, he said, I'm going to I'll be back. He said, I think we're going to have to take him back in for emergency surgery and give him a pacemaker. I didn't say anything. David didn't say anything. But the doctor kept talking. And then he left. He said, I'll be back. And as soon as he closed that door, I went over and I put my hand on his heart. And I began to pray over that heart and speak to that heart. And I began to speak to his vitals. And I began to command them to come up. I began to speak to the blood pressure. I began to speak to the rhythm of the heart. And I commanded it to beat perfectly in the name of Jesus. And I just can continue to pray. And then I said, I began to pray in the spirit. And then I'd pray in English and I'd pray in the spirit. And David, he couldn't pray hardly at all because his mouth was so dry. That where they'd had that tube running down. And a few minutes, the nurse came in because they had a little station set outside of his door. And uh, so they really didn't have to come in the room to check his vitals. But she came in just a few minutes later and, and she said, Mr. Ramsey, she says, your blood pressure's coming up. Yeah. And she says, and your heart rate, and she says, it's, it's looking good, better. She's looking better. And uh, a few minutes later, she come in and said, looking real good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting over there in my chair just praying in the spirit, keeping my mouth shut. Wow. You know, and one of the reasons why I wanted to share this with you is number one, to give God the glory and to give Him the praise because He deserves it all. Because if it had not been for Him, David would have had to go back into surgery and he would have had to have emergency surgery and, and a pacemaker. And who knows what would have happened. But we didn't say anything. We didn't give the devil an opportunity. This is what we do, folks. When we get, open our mouths, we start talking right away and asking questions. I could have started right away asking the doctor questions and asking him this and asking him that. And it would give Satan an opportunity to come in. But I kept my mouth shut. I kept the gates locked. And it did not give him an opportunity. But it gave God the opportunity. Because when I was praying, it gave him an opportunity to work. And he did. Praise God, he did. And like I said, and secondly, to remind you of how important it is when the enemy attacks you to keep your mouth shut. Saints, your mouth is the gate that gives Satan access into your situation. Access means to give someone the right or the opportunity or, or to benefit from. Are you hearing me? Satan will benefit from your words by turning them against you like some shrewd lawyer would in a courtroom. And Job 15, 3 and 6 in the New Living Bible says, The wise don't engage in empty chatter. He says, What good are such words? What good would it have done me? It wouldn't have done me any good, but it would have done me a great deal of harm and probably give, done a great deal of harm to David had I not known enough to keep my mouth shut. It is so important to keep your mouth shut. I can't express that enough. In verse 6 it says, Your own mouth condemns you. Not I. He says, your own lips testify against you. Another translation says on the verse 3, it says, should he reason with unprofitable talk or by speeches with which he can do no good? Think about that. God can't work if you're just doing empty chatter yeah. and using uh, unprofitable words. He can't do anything. He can't help you. You can't blame God because he's told us to trust him and keep our mouth shut. Keep our gates closed. Praise God. 
states. In other words, are you speaking God's word, giving him something to work with? Or are you agreeing with what the devil is telling you and what he's showing you in the natural? Because that's what he's doing. He's showing what I could see in the natural was David laying there and the doctor standing there telling me what they were going to do. And he told me that lay flat, he had to lay flat for four hours, you know, and that was from 11 to 3. But the doctor never came back. <laughs> God, God, he never came back. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. People say, how's David doing? He's doing good. I don't think I ever said anything to anybody except David came through it good, and he's doing good. You know, you just don't say any more than you have to. Praise God. And it was right after that that I just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It says in Proverbs 12, 6, he said, the mouth of the upright will deliver them. Your words, in other words, your words will deliver you. Or like the Bible just said in Job, either your words will deliver you or condemn you. But God said, I'm not the one that's condemning you. He says, your own mouth, your own lips testify against you. Hallelujah. Saints, we have to learn how to respond to a trial or a bad report because our very first response can make the difference between life and death, success or failure. For instance, if your doctor tells you something you don't want to hear, like he did with me and David, or say a family member calls, calls with news that you don't want to hear or something negative, be polite to that person. But when you hang up, say, Lord, I don't receive that report. Yes. When the doctor left, I said, thank you, doctor. And then I said, I don't receive that. You know, and, and this is what you can say. You say, Father, I don't, you know, say, I don't receive that. I don't receive that in the name of Jesus. And I curse those words and I command them to hit the ground and not bearing the fruit. And there'll be no harvest from those words. There'll be no harvest from what that doctor said. There'll be no harvest from it. Are you hearing me? Saints, immediately, in the beginning of your circumstances or at the beginning of your trial, get your faith into motion by declaring who God is and what he's promised to do for you. In John 1, 1, in the Gospel of John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. Make the Word your beginning. In every situation, in every trial, make the Word your beginning. Are you hearing me? The Lord knows what's going on. He knows you're fighting these battles, and He's going to get right in the middle of it if you'll let Him. But I think a lot of people lose their battles before the war ever begins because of how they choose to respond to their situation. I believe a lot of people would have more success if they keep their mouth shut yes, yes, yes. and not go tell everybody on Facebook <laughs> and all you call everybody that you know and then text the rest and message the others. You, you've already let open up so many gates. What can God do? Yeah, I know God is God, but God only does what God says he'll do. And he says, uh, I, I don't honor those words. He said, you, you, you destroyed his chance to come in there and help you. If David and I had, had not kept our mouths shut, we could have had a whole different ending. It could have been a whole different ball game. Yeah. Praise God. We should keep in mind who we are and who we represent here on this earth. As a matter of fact, David came home the next day, went to work Monday. Wow. You know? Hallelujah. <laughs> I told somebody, they said something about David. I said, well, he went to work Monday. You know, 
I brought him home Saturday. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I know he went down to North Carolina with me, the minister, but he stayed at my sister's because we didn't want to, you know, the Lord does give us wisdom. And just, be, you know, just because, you know, I, I trust the Lord and David does too. And he had already performed a miracle on him and there was no need to get out there and flaunt it everywhere. And so he stayed at my sister's, uh, even though we had, and we had an outdoor service uh, and I didn't get near anyone. I prayed people were in cars and we prayed over everybody, but I delivered the message in spite of the wind and whatever. And we went, we went anyway. The point is I went and I spoke the word as God's given it to me to speak to them, you know. And like I said, David, he got to go even though he didn't get to actually <laughs> go to the service. There's no sense in, there was, I, I, he had just gotten out of the hospital, didn't want to expose him to anything, you know. And I didn't want, I definitely, that's what I had to pray about because I didn't want to go down and, and, and be exposed to something that would bring it back to him, you know. But the Lord wanted me to go, I went, you know. We Christians are God's ambassadors in that we've been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. So we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts, according to 1 Thessalonians 2.4. You know, I strive to teach and preach as the Holy Spirit leads me and not to please man. Sometimes I know I step on toes, but you know, we don't, we're not, we're, we're pastors and ministers, we're not called to preach what you want to hear. We're called to preach what God wants you to hear. And if we ever get to the point to where we are just out there preaching what you want to hear, then we probably need to sit down. Because it's not going to minister to you at all. It might make you feel good for a few minutes, but it's not going to help you when you come into a trial and a situation that you're going to need a word. That feel good feeling is not going to help you. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, we represent another kingdom, according to John 18, 36, and it is our responsibility to reflect the official position of heaven, and that is to walk and act on our authority. Speak the word to your body. Speak the word to your mind. Speak the word to every circumstance that mountain can't stand. You've been listening to author, Bible teacher, and evangelist, Pastor Joanne Ramsey on today's edition of Speak the Word. Speak the Word is a listener-supported ministry. Generous contributions from listeners like you enable us to continue bringing you this program each day. Learn how you can connect and support Speak the Word Ministries on the web at speakthewordministry.net. That's speakthewordministry.net. Pastor Joe will be right back in just a moment, but first... We're excited to tell you about Pastor Joe's book titled, God, Are You Listening? I Need Help. Do you need God's help perhaps like never before? In this book, Pastor Joe will help you develop a prayer life that delights the heart of God and moves him to act on your behalf. If today's events have you in fear and worry, this is the perfect book for you. God, Are You Listening? I Need Help by Pastor Joanne Ramsey. If you'd like a copy, just ask for it when you include a donation of $10 or more. Or we can send you today's message on CD free. It's our gift to you. Write to us at Speak the Word Ministry, P.O. Box 9175, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23450.
Or give us a call and make a tax-deductible donation with your debit or credit card. One of our friendly staff is standing by right now, ready to answer your call. Our ministry telephone number is 855-505-2297. That's toll-free at 855-505-2297. You can also email Pastor Joe and her team at speakthewordministry at cox.net. That's speakthewordministry at cox.net. And now, here's Pastor Joe with a closing prayer. Father, I thank you that no matter what it looks like in the natural, and in the natural right now, it looks like our enemy Satan has turned our world upside down, filling it with all kinds of evil, turning it into a frightening place, calling evil good and good evil. But praise the Lord. We know that even though we are in this world as Christians, we are not of this world. Our true home is not in this sinful world. It is in heaven. Hallelujah. And though we are being sent out like sheep among wolves, as your righteous ones, we shall live by faith, and we refuse to shrink back. For we are certainly not of those who are held back by fear. We are among those who have faith and experience true life. Father, I ask that you help us to see ourselves as the warriors that we are, ambassadors who represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords, According to your word, we know the voice of the good shepherd, and we will follow him, and we will not follow the voice of a stranger. Yes, there are bad things in this world, and yes, there will be suffering. But as believers, we can rest assured that there is a glorious kingdom that awaits us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. From Pastor Joe and all of us at Speak the Word Ministries, we're glad you've joined us today. Once again, thanks for listening. Join us next time on Speak the Word. Speak the Word to every circumstance That mountain can't stand Against the Word, the Word of God Against the Word